Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. My name is Matt. I am Dory. Here's the update so far. Everybody, guess what? Dory, through the woods, JK, LOL. She's still <laughs> nauseous. Uh, I, I, you know, I had been getting better as I discussed last week, but I think I kind of jinxed myself. And then literally that night slash early morning i puked twice and then yeah i didn't feel well for a few days um it was you know i was i was working a lot last week i was on set over at uh goldberg's town and uh so my i was up and out before dory was awake and get back late just text me that she's nauseous. I have to say I'm sorry. 
because there's literally nothing else I can do. But, hey, she should learn, guys. Why, why would she say that she thinks she's feeling better when she knows that the karma police listen to podcasts? Oh, my God. That's what they do. You never told me. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that about podcasts. I didn't know that. I wish you had told me. Well, now I'm telling you. Thanks a lot. So, look, she's been, I will say she's graduated from, uh, I like I'm talking to you guys like she's not in front of me. She's graduated to uh, miniature frozen pizzas. So that's that's a big change. It's a big change of pace over I here. I still haven't nailed the exact right amount of time they're supposed to be in the microwave. <laughs> Why are you microwaving them? Why wouldn't I microwave? Because them? the oven is the is the thing to do. Plus, we have a toaster oven. Mm, I should put them in the toaster. I would I would put them in the toaster. They'll probably oven. be tastier in the toaster. Well, they'll certainly preserve a crunch. Yeah, I feel like I either overcook them and they're like rock hard. Do you guys have any advice for weird <laughs> organic uh, frozen pizza? Tiny frozen pizzas? If you do. I You know, I think I might prefer the Whole Foods brand over the Annie ones that you got. Well, thanks to Amazon, we can earn points. Is that a thing that you do at Amazon? Uh, you can use your Prime account and get there you go. discounts. That sounds great. And they know exactly what you're buying everywhere. And they know how to advertise directly to you. I'm going to start getting consume. frozen pizza ads <laughs> everywhere I go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, let me say, the observation state, the whole fact that uh, a lot of these uh, ads pop up after you're talking about something in a room like we were doing we have a there's a script a goldberg script that we tabled the other day that has some references to the 1987 classic die hard and nakatomi plaza and uh (laughs) literally two hours after the table read i opened up instagram and uh i got an ad for a shirt for nakatomi plaza Whoa. Yeah. And you haven't like Googled it or? No, I had not Googled Nakatomi Plaza recently. Whoa. So it's cuckoo bananas. Yep. So, and like our phones are listening, and why not just tell everyone who can advertise to you what you're buying? Just accept the surveillance state. I'm saying accept that everyone knows your shopping habits and what you're talking about at all times. Mm. Hey, Siri. What's the weather? It's currently clear and 73 degrees in Los Angeles. This is what I'm saying, everybody. <laughs> We're never alone. <laughs> oh, boy. So. I mean, you're the one who brought her into our home. Hey, Siri, what's Nakatomi Plaza? I can't get the answer to that on HomePod. <laughs> hmm. She's not that smart. Nope. But if she was an Instagram, she'd be giving me an ad for it. She sure would. Okay. So you're on frozen pizzas. You haven't nailed the timing of the frozen pizzas, but you're eating food that isn't just cereal. Now that you haven't abandoned cereal, you're still enjoying a cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just say that you being nauseous and, um, and um, you know, just sort of dead to the world has been, quite frankly, the best time of our marriage. <laughs> I uh, I've been enjoying the fact that there's been no 
like we're not going anywhere we're not doing anything no like what are we eating none of that uh we've been you've finally been as content as me to stay home <laughs> and uh it's really been a time and I, i'm gonna look back fondly at this uh after knock on wood that baby hopefully uh arrives mm. i'm gonna be like you know you don't even know the first trimester buddy it was good times over here <laughs> we didn't leave we didn't go anywhere i think you might we didn't do anything you might want to be married to like the alternate version of me i'm sorry the alternate version of you yeah what's the alternate version of the you? the one where i don't leave the house that's not the alternate version of you. That's the current version of you. I know, but it's... We're not, happiest. But it's not the real me. I think now that uh, your real personality is going to really form once this uh, pregnancy takes hold. And oh, I, really? That's going to be the you. Oh, okay. I hope. Hmm. You know? What if it's not, though? Then what are you going to do? I'm going to hope that little Steve Rogers is like, Dad, why are we even leaving? Let's just hang out. I mean, the way he's behaved in the womb is any indication... He's going to be very active. <laughs> Do you feel him moving? No. no. Yeah. But he's like raring to go. Raring. Well, you know, I think that what's important is that uh, we've achieved this uh, stage of the game after five rounds of IVF and three transfers and uh, a lot of credit card debt. We're here. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important. Yep. And you all are still here. You, some of you are still here. Some of you are still here. Others have left us. Others have returned. Yeah. Both um, things are true. But uh, just know that we are going to be doing this podcast till God knows when. So yep. I hope you have mm. that. Dory, you watched a Netflix movie called Private Life. I did. This is about infertility slash IVF. I hear it's very intense. It's very intense. It's with Paul Giamatti and Katherine Hahn. Two actors who I generally enjoy. I love them both, I, um, but I don't buy that marriage. Continue. And it was directed by Tamara Jenkins, who directed Slums of Beverly Hills, which is one of my favorite movies of all you time. You do love that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I come in, you're always watching it. That's not true, Should but... I've never seen her watch it. I we've really been, like that movie. We've been together for like almost five years, and I've never seen her watch it. It was one of... The, when the our short-lived... Um, we're going to watch movies that the other person recommends. We did. We, we did, did it one and one. Yeah. You know, it was fair. I want my ne- The next one I want to watch was Slums of Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you were like, I've seen it. Well, I have, but th- that doesn't have to be the rule of the, of the movie movie situation. You okay. could also, we could watch a movie that we've both seen. That's you know? true. I could be like, hey, I'm going to pop in uh, Hard Day's Night or something, you know? Okay. Anyway, this movie, I thought it was one of the... One of, was probably the most realistic portrayal of IVF and infertility that I've seen, like on a TV show or a movie. Yeah. Um, but that also means it's like real depressing and slightly triggering. Uh, I mean, I'd imagine so was this podcast. So, uh, look. Yeah, but our, the podcast is much more lighthearted than the movie is. Yeah, but also, don't you feel like our our go through this was, is more lighthearted by virtue of the fact that we do the podcast anyway? Like, yeah. if we just had to bottle this in, yeah, and just internally deal with it, yeah, I don't think we would be. I think our I think it would have been more miserable. Oh, I completely agree. And I hope that what we do with this podcast is that this is the outlet 
for others who are going through this to understand that like you don't have to fucking totally not everything has to be cold and paul giamatti i mean paul giamatti and Catherine hahn i think really would have benefited from listening to our podcast <laughs> i uh Catherine, i did an episode of um i was on at midnight with Catherine. she was also oh. a contestant yeah yeah, she, I, I really like her. Um, so, yeah. So, I I recommend this movie, but also just, like, be warned that it is it is quite intense. Recommended with a caveat. With a caveat. Um, it's also pretty long. It's, like, over two hours long. There's no need for that, unless it's a space epic. <laughs> it's not a space epic. Well, then. It's an infertility epic. That seems too long. There are also, and I'm sure people who have done IVF, like you can't, I feel like at this point, I can't watch something about IVF and not be like, oh, they got that wrong. Yeah. Which is annoying. Like, but you gotta, you gotta figure whoever wrote it or, you know, they, they had been through it. And what happens with that is it just becomes a note of like that we have to play this also to people who don't totally do IVF. Like here's, this happens in like the first five minutes of the movie. So it's not really a spoiler. Um, the day of her egg retrieval, Mm -hmm. Paul Giamatti, you know, they, he gives his sperm sample. And when she wakes up, they tell her, that he had no sperm. <laughs> All right. And I was like, well, you got to get that out, you know, in a dramatic fashion, sure. Right. But I was like, okay, there's no way that, I mean, I'm sure this has happened to someone, but there's almost, no, they were like, he had zero sperm. And I was like, they would have done a semen analysis before this and seen that his sperm sucked. Oh, totally. And then, and then the doctor comes in and he's like, so you're going to have to do Tessie. What's Tessie? The you know the testicular extraction oh, okay. of the sperm. Well, how would they already get to that conclusion? So he says this like right away, and then he goes, um, "But the the best urologist who does this procedure happens to be in town today, and he can do it today. But you have to give him ten thousand dollars in cash. Like it was like very weird. Oh, so they do the Tessie. That's crazy. That day with some new doctor that they've never met. Yeah." <laughs> sure and uh give him ten thousand dollars on the spot love it um so i was like okay that's a little unrealistic that sounds a lot unrealistic actually (laughs) um okay so overall i i do recommend the movie and you know just suspend your disbelief about the uh the tessie situation they were also signing all their consent forms like as she was going into the retrieval you got to condense the story, honey. I I'm guess, sorry. I know. It would have been a four and a half hour. <laughs> I, I know. Maybe they wanted it to be long to really show how long and boring IVF is. Yeah, maybe. Um, speaking of things that aren't long, nor are they boring, we're going to be at Wire 25, everybody, in San Francisco uh, next week. Is that correct? Yeah, on Saturday the 13th. Saturday the 13th, everybody. Wait, I is hope. That, is, that th- is that the 13th? <laughs> I believe that next week is Saturday. Yes, Saturday the 13th. The 13th um, our panel is at 4.30. Yep. And uh, we really would love it if you guys would come out and, and see us. Uh, we know there's some eggheads up there in San Francisco. And uh, we have a guest. We have Dr. Amy Ivazade. I believe it's Ivazade. I... I 
was so sure I was a mile away from that, but I was pretty close. You were pretty close. Uh, she's the egg whisperer, everybody. Yep. She's going to whisper some eggs stuff to uh, all of us. We're going to talk to her. And hopefully what we're hoping is that some eggheads are come so they can actually ask us a question um, in person. Yeah, that, that would be, be really um, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to re- be recording it, and we will release it as an episode. How much yep. of an episode? I don't know. Maybe it's part of an episode. Maybe it's the whole episode. Because, quite frankly, I, I don't know how much time we have at this thing. Yeah. So, day passes are fifty dollars. That's how you get in there. Yep. And um, that gets you into all of the events that day. Yeah. So maybe you're like. Well, I am kind of into this podcast, but I'm also kind of into the Internet of Things. Well, I'll go to that panel. Yeah. I made that panel up. That panel might not be happening. <laughs> but look at their schedule. Uh, there are a lot of cool... There's a lot of cool panels. There's a lot going on. Um, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be really cool. I hope to be able to make it to one or two other panels. Yeah. So there you go. That's that. I, please come. So Wire 25 in San Francisco... Uh, C Matt and Dory have an excellent time up on stage. Yep. And now the rest of the business. Please leave your Apple Podcast reviews. You can join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. It's a great place to go when we're not on the air and you need a question answered. There's a lot of people available at all times. I joined the uh, sperm signal. Dory has slid into the IVF pregnant group. Yeah. There's a Matt and Dory's excellent adventure pregnancy and children group. She slid into their DMs. Um, and then, uh, Patreon, uh, you can support the podcast over at patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. If you don't want to remember that whole thing, just go to excellentadventure.com. That's our website. Our Twitter handle is excellent pod at excellent pod. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Dory Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. And our phone number is 41346. Wait, what? Yeah, I said that right. 413461 baby. Yep. That's correct. There you go. That's that. Thank you all so much. Now it's time to hear from eggheads who have asked some questions or just want to share their story. I don't know because I'm going to read it right now. Great. This is from Grace. Hi, Dorian Matt. Thank you so much for creating this podcast and sharing your IVF journey. My husband and I are doing IVF cycle number two and listening to you guys has been such a treat from the stress and roller coaster of emotions that come with infertility. I'm on episode 53, so I'm behind, but don't want to cheat and skip forward. Wow. She's in for quite a bit of journeys. Uh, we had a very bad experience starting this cycle. At the baseline appointment, I had a couple of questions prepared for the doctor, but the doctor basically cut me off mid sentence and said he needed to do a procedure and just got up and left. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That and, is a bad bedside manner. As Grace said, he was very rude and condescending. Couldn't stop crying. She doesn't usually cry in public. Uh, his nurse apologized profusely and said that this is not normal behavior for him. Oh, my God. What's happening? Maybe he has a weird tumor that's like affecting some part of his brain. Oh, God. What? That's what I think of immediately as soon as someone has abnormal behavior. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh he had taken on more patients and is sometimes double or triple booked. I'm almost 42, and given that we had spent the last few months doing all the tests he required, we decided he we don't have luxury to start over with another doctor. So we went ahead. We told ourselves that going ahead with him doesn't mean we chose him. We ch- just chose not to waste more time. Well, that's a nice outlook. Here's the retrieval results. On the 14th of September, they got 15 eggs. 14 of them mature. 
six fertilized. Of the six, three made it to blastocysts, and we informed that one of the three tested normal. Congratulations great. on getting a normal. Because uh, of the rough start, she didn't feel comfortable asking questions. This is not a great relationship you're having with your doctor. So she's wondering if we can provide some insights. Oh, boy. We are not doctors, but uh, let's see what we can do here. For the embryo that's normal, all the report said was normal in the gender. Is that common practice? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, because of the rest, uh, do- start with the doctor. I'm hesitant to ask him for proof, quote proof, because I don't want him to blow me off again, but I'd really like to see more details about the embryo. I don't think there you are know, more There details. aren't more details. So, Well, they might grade them. Yeah, you could ask them what the grade was. That's that's a question. If, they, if, if that they clinic grade them. grades them. So that's 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 the first answer for you. But other than that, if it's genetically normal, there's there's not much else to tell. What questions can I ask him without sounding like I don't trust him? The lab re- lab is part of the clinic, and he's the only doctor, so it's not like I can contact the lab. Well, you could talk to your nurse, yeah, and ask your nurse. This is a this is a great way to get around talking to a doctor you don't feel like talking to. IVF nurses generally have access to all of the information. If your clinic has a portal, then that stuff should be in there anyway. But what you would want to ask is um, of the nor- that normal embryo, uh, what was the grade? Do they grade it? If so, what was the grade? Right? Yep. All right. <clears throat> Two. I've read that doing endometrial scratching can increase the chance of implantation. Like to get ridges in there to, for it to stick to? I don't know how it works. I've also heard this, but um, I didn't do it. Look, we've talked about it on the show, she says. <laughs> uh, a doctor said he did it on the same day of the egg retrieval and that the effects last up to three months. Okay. Originally, we were planning on transferring in November, but I might have to travel for work, so the transfer might not happen until late December. I asked if we should do another scratch if we transfer in December, and she said... There's no benefit to doing it again. From what I've read, the scratching can happen right before the transfer, so I don't know if why he refuses to scratch again. From what you've experienced, do you think I should insist on another scratch? We don't know, because we did not have any scratching done. If it's something that can be done while he's in there on the retrieval... I would obviously talk to him before the day of the retrieval because well, uh, they're not doing another retrieval. They're doing I, I, I meant transfer. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If if anyone else has some endometrial scratch experiences, please oh, do say, share. Yeah, it says it can happen right before the transfer. So yeah, that's what I would. The next appointment you would have, or you'd talk to the nurse. I would ask if it could be done before the transfer. Follow up to that. We don't really know what we're talking about with your number two. So scratch signal. All right, this one's a bit silly. With FET, the embryo is fertilized months or years before the actual transfer. I'm curious to know what you think determines the astrological sign of the baby. It's when they're born. Yes, because you'd be born under a bad sign. That's the song. Right, and, and no one has the sign of when they were conceived. Also true. So. Yeah. There you go. I mean, our baby, unless unless he comes early, he will probably be a Taurus, like his mom. Look, I think the Ford Taurus was a fine vehicle. Um, 
It's not quite a Mercury Sable, but, you know, it's enough. And thank you, honey, for answering that in a way that was much nicer than I probably would have answered that question. That's what I'm here for. You are here for that kind of thing. Yep. But I'm a Leo. Like my dad. Oh, me and Avishai. <laughs> Couple of Leos. Oh, we didn't even talk about... Grace, thank you for that. We didn't even talk about the fact that we actually got you to... We, you left the house on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I went out to dinner. Can you believe this, everybody? I went out to dinner. We went to a genuine, actual dinner. Like a, at a real restaurant. We met the Rowans. Craig, uh, who you would probably... If you're a fan of uh, my podcasts outside of The Excellent Adventure, Craig... Of course, a uh, guest of one of my favorite episodes of um, of James Bonding, an episode where we had no real agenda, and we just called it 1990 High Five, and we just talked about what Matt Gorley was doing in 1995. What was he doing in 1995? <laughs> he was depressed. He was drinking oh, a lot. Oh. He at a, at a at a pub and eating a lot of uh, fried Snickers bars at a Scottish pub. Oh, boy. Uh it's really a terrific episode. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, we were with Craig and, and Meryl, and uh, it was nice to actually see human beings, yeah. uh, and it was nice to see our friends and catch up. And See, you enjoyed leaving the house. I enjoyed leaving the house because it was my friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you made it pretty much through. I think we all hit the food wall at similar times yeah. and then felt terrible for the remainder of the evening. Yeah. You know, it's why I like a restaurant like a like a... I will say, I'll say Mod is the only restaurant in Los Angeles where you like leave and you're like, that was a great meal. Right. You feel satisfied, feel but you don't feel gross. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to get you out there. It was. Um, and I'm sure it was helpful for your brain. It was. To actually go talk to other people. It made me feel like a human. That's what's important here. Yeah. Um, so, Grace, I hope we answered all of the questions that we could and we'll uh, ask if anyone else uh, has some scratch scratch knowledge maybe a dj oh that was bad what that was a bad joke well i've <laughs> got a great feeling about this uh okay so we we'll be right back after this word from a sponsor hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy but like i can't wait to get them on my feet because i know they're going to be cozy i know they're going to be the best socks in the house and i know that they're going to keep me going all day long they've got some great details that have been obsessed over including 
the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Welcome back, honey. We are back. Was that a little picture of you? That was a little picture of me holding a tennis racket like a left-handed guitar. Oh, you were so cute. And a diaper. You were so cute. <clears throat> Shall I return to the emails? I suppose. All right. That sounds like a great thing to do. This is from Christine. Hey, Dory, Matt, and Bo. First, congratulations on your pregnancy. That is the only time I've said that in the past three plus years without being sarcastic. Ah. <laughs> uh, I feel you. Um, I wanted to write in because I hear you talk a lot about how poor sperm quality is a factor when embryos arrest after day three. Um, in the short or five question mark, but uh, yes, day three, um, we had five embryos with our first and most recent round of IVF. And I was so attached to these embryos for a few days that I still feel bad about describing them as shitty, but it turned out they were graded really poorly the whole time. And my RE never told me until our follow-up. All the embryos arrested on day five, which was a Saturday, which meant I didn't hear about it until Monday, which means I spent a week getting myself attached to five embryos who probably wouldn't have implanted anyway. My RE said because they were doomed from the get-go, it's an egg quality issue, but they all stuck around for five days and then arrested. We're going to be switching REs, and I wanted to get feedback from you and your listeners on their thoughts on this. Is it worth going through further testing of otherwise fine sperm? Or should we just tell our next RE to be straight with us about the quality of our next embryos? Thanks, guys. Um. You know, I think a DNA, like some sort of a DNA, DNA test. fragmentation test. Yeah, like, a, like our old friend's um, Episona. Oh, yeah. Might be a good thing for you to do at home. Cheaper than one of your normal DNA tests. You just want to make sure your house is in order, you yeah. know, before you, before you start putting on the uh, addition. I think if you do, you know, when you do switch REs, I think you should tell them everything that happened and... and ask them for their take on it. Um, if it's possible for them to get the lab report from the from your old clinic, that might also be useful. Agreed. 
just for them to have more data. They yeah. love data. Oh, they do. They yeah. really do. Um, the only other thing I will say is that I don't know what your old clinic, how your old clinic did it and how your new clinic will do it. But at our clinic, they stopped checking the embryos um, in the middle. So they, they used to check them on day three and you'd get a report on day three and then you get another report on day five, but they stopped doing that. So you only get a report, you know, on, on the first day when you know how many you fertilize and then on day five. So I don't know that there's much they could tell you in the middle because they don't want to check them because they don't want to disturb them. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's my only other thought. Yeah. Good other thought, honey. Thank you. What's next? Read this next email from our friend Anonymous. Oh, Anonymous back again. Yep. Um, Anonymous says, I'm way behind episode 74. You're not as behind as But considering I've been listening for two weeks at regular speed. That's crazy. I am proud of myself. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is a lot. Um, All right. Anywho, I had to stop listening right to you. I connected with you and your feelings about perhaps not wanting children anymore after so much failure. Tears formed in my eyes because I often feel guilty for having these feelings and feel like it will never happen for us because I feel these feelings sometimes. Mm -hmm. Also, I felt like I was the only one who had these feelings. So thank you for making me feel normal. You're welcome. You're welcome, Anonymous. We try. Short story roundup of us. We've been trying to conceive for three years. My husband had testicular cancer. So we knew IVF was our only route with the banked sperm prior to his surgery. Naively, I thought this was going to be easy and it would work for us first try. Three years later and dozens of tests and doctors, we found out I'm fucked up too. I have the superpower immune system that recognizes the embryos as a foreign object that must be killed immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hooray. I won't bore you with the fucked up things that happen in between. Then she wrote in parentheses, in all caps, trust me, fucked up things. And currently, but I will offer three pieces of advice that you can share with your listeners. Number one, listen to your gut and switch doctors if you need to. I didn't, and boy, do we pay the price for it. Fucked up thing number one. Two, if someone is listening that has testicular cancer or they know someone, encourage them to bank sperm as many times as possible prior to chemo or surgeries. Yeah. During a cancer diagnosis, the first thing on your mind is the desire to live. You don't really think of the future. You are more on survivor mode. At least that was the case for my husband. I wish we could go back in time and bank more sperm. I'm thankful his urologist encouraged him to bank, but I still wish someone should have. T- I still wish someone had told us uh, to bank more. The stress of IVF alone is enough. I often have anxiety and stress just thinking how much of the bank sperm we have left. It's not much, but hopefully we don't get to that point. Three, reoccurring pregnancy loss and implantation failure. Demand answers. Our current RE refused to waste any more embryos after one failed attempt with her. We had done one more with our first RE. She described me as the perfect candidate with great lining and embryos. There had to be a reason it wasn't working. She sent me to a reproductive immunologist, Dr. Kwok Kim. Dr. Kwok Kim has come up in the Facebook group. Interesting. Popular doctor. Well, because I don't think there are that many reproductive immunologists. So there's one, sure. I think there's one named Dr. Braverman that I think people have mentioned. And then this other one, Dr. Kwok Kim, who people talk about. Anyway, who found my awesome immune system superpower. recently did a third transfer with immune system treatment that resulted in a chemical. Though it was heartbreaking, I feel like we finally are moving in the right direction. At I'll least say. we got a positive that was never the case before. If anyone is, ex- if anyone is experiencing recurring pregnancy loss and implantation failure, I encourage them to seek Dr. Kwok Kim. 
Googling her alone will provide a lot of information. She's super busy and has a four month long waiting list to see her, but I highly recommend it. Uh, that is K W A K Quack and Kim is K I M. Sending you all the best wishes. Take care of yourself, Dory. I know you're pregnant thanks to Instagram. I cried happy tears and I can't wait to fully catch Fucking up. Fucking Instagram spoiling podcasts left and right. All the love, anonymous. Do 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 do. Um, I think those are all very good tips, Anonymous. I like a tips and tricks sheet that's sent in a uh, easy to digest manner. Yeah, these are these are good tips. We I feel like we we've heard from we definitely heard from people who either they or their partner has had testicular cancer, but it hasn't come I'm up. Having trouble with music. Please check oh dear guys series gone Siri rogue really. I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have i shouldn't have engaged you roused her, her. <laughs> um yeah we haven't talked about it that much so i think this is really good advice agreed yeah um also the reoccurring pregnancy loss and implantation failure i'm just glad that they that we did an, uh, the the endometrial function test after one implantation failure and not more. Yeah. Also you know? agreed. Because that would have. Well, it's like you don't want to burn all these 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 very difficult things to get. You know. Right, but I think I think when you have something that is pretty rare, the doctor. It's not the first thing that the doctors think of. Like I don't even. Th- I don't think. I don't think we went into the endometrial function test thinking, oh, we're going to find a uterine septum. Like that, that never no. even came up. It no. was more like, is the timing right? Right. Um, but we got there. That was nice. We did get there. Thank God. Um, do you want to read the next one or should I read sure, the next Sure, happy one? to. This is from Chris. Hi, Doria Matt. Came across your podcast and I was feeling anxious about our IVF experience. And while we haven't been trying to get pregnant for nearly as long as you and Matt, we did go through four IUIs before IVF. And I'm happy to say we're there 12 weeks long. Congrats. Funny story, though. My wife and I Googled our sperm donor's donor number before we got pregnant to see if we could find how many successful pregnancies there were, and we found over a dozen successful pregnancies. Whoa. Wow, it's like a small Super community sperm. of Super sperm. We never thought of how strange it was that our child would have an undetermined amount of siblings, but that they'd never meet. Well, we were having co- coffee with a couple of friends, another lesbian couple, who had just gotten pregnant at that time. We wanted to pick their brain about the experience. They ended up using donor sperm from the same bank, so we started talking about our donors, and then it happened... You see oh, where your this donor's is going. over six feet two. <laughs> he has hair and brown eyes. He has a PhD. Your donor's wearing an intro t-shirt and his kid picture too. Your donor's the same number as my. Oh my god, we have the same donor. <laughs> that was it. We all lost our shit in the middle of Starbucks after we calmed down. The questions started popping up. Do we tell them? Uh, of course we tell them. But when do we tell them? Meaning the kids. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. I don't know if you, she was addressing the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> uh, it would have to be before dating age. True, I suppose. You don't want them getting together. Uh, what do we do? What an interesting situation. I wonder if there are any listeners out there who've had this type of experience because what are the chances of something like this? Love the show. Thanks for your time, Chris. Wow. I mean, how close are you to this couple? It sounds like they're pretty close if they were having coffee together. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was just one of these, like, friendly coffees. We're both doing the same thing. Let's have coffee oh, yeah, about maybe. it. yeah, maybe. You know? Yep. 
Look, if you're close, you're going to be around them. I, I don't see. I, it could be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is really a situation that you will all have to come to the agreement at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Uh, the and four probably approach of you, it the same yeah, way. Four of you are going to put your big old brains together and say, what is what do we think is best? And, um, and yeah, I don't know. I think you, I think you might be closer to this couple now than you ever wanted to be in the past. So <laughs> enjoy <true>. that. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up to that, you know, maybe you make them believe that they're cousins. I don't know. Yeah. You know? You start, you start, you start calling, uh, you start calling the other couple auntie and auntie and, uh, or aunt. Well, I don't know what part of the country you're from. Um, and, uh, go from there. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone else has experience with this. For sure. Please their, do. Their advice will be better than Let our advice know. because our advice is not good advice. Our, our advice, advice is, is just. It's is fine advice, but it's not based on experience. We are our best guests. That's what we do here. Yep. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to play a voicemail, actually. News to uh, me. Well, I didn't put it into the right, I, that's why it's news. show notes. Um, do you remember last week we heard from a woman who she said she felt like her cervix was low? Yes, I remember that. Okay, well, we got a voicemail. About she it. called back? No. Oh. But we got a voicemail about it. Hey, Matt and Dory, this is Jen. Um, I was pausing the podcast to uh, talk, to um, answer the caller's question about her cervix. It feels like it's going to fall out. I think that's called a prolapse, um, but she should definitely look into um, pelvic floor physical therapy. That's a thing. Oh, um, It's something I have personal experience with, but I have uh, quite a few friends who swear by it and said that it's helps them a lot. Um, I'm not entirely sure what all it entails, but definitely look into it. That's all. All right. Bye. You know, in other countries, like in France, pelvic mm-hmm. floor, <clears throat> excuse me, pelvic floor exercises and kind of like awareness of your pelvic floor is like built into prenatal care. That's cool. I think a lot of places are much better at all of this than us. Yeah. So I have been doing pelvic floor exercises. You, you go with a laminate or a hardwood for your pelvic floor. Hi. Oh, my God. I'm your, Matt Your dad jokes are just getting Prof- worse Professional, worse. professional <laughs> comedy writer. <laughs> um, no, there's like various exercises you can do like... Um, bridges and squats are really good side story remember that episode of house hunters we were watching last week where the guy thought everything was hardwood and he kept having to be told by the realtor that it was all laminate that was sad (laughs) they really wanted a space to build an obstacle course (laughs) because they they were were throwing spears at the end yeah they were like crazy workout people um, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of pelvic floor exercises. I highly recommend them for, uh, you know, anyone, I suppose, but especially if you're, if you're pregnant. Um, but yeah, I think this, this person's advice is, is good. That's, that sounds, um, I love the firsthand knowledge we get from people. Totally. Who make us feel like we are giving good advice when in reality we're just relaying good advice. Um, 
Did they end up on the place with an acre? I don't remember. No, they didn't. They ended up in the third house. I've ruined House Hunters for Dory, but that's I won't ruin it for everybody because I know people like the show, but you can tell which house they're going to buy. Don't tell everyone. I'm just saying in the process of the show, you can tell how which house they're going to buy. I'm sure if people have been watching for a long time, they figured because this out. Because of production reasons. Okay, here we go. From Anonymous, longtime fan. Sorry, longtime listener and Uber fan. I like a lift. Hi, Matt Meyer, professional comedy writer. <laughs> uh, huge congrats to you on the fantastic news. Uh, cried when I heard that your tenacious embryo had hung out and has become a real life boy. Well, he could still be a puppet. We don't know. Uh, I've actually listened to most of your episodes twice as I've gone through my own IVF journey and was curious to hear if any of your listeners have ever faced the dilemma that I have. I don't believe I've heard something similar to my situation before, so curious if an egg signal could help a sister out. 105 episodes in, still hearing new things. I feel like in this episode alone, we've heard a bunch of new things. It's crazy. Uh, Okay. My husband and I are trying to transfer... Sorry, I I put words in that aren't there. My husband and I have been trying for over two years now and have been through two rounds of IVF. Am I reading an email again, or do we have a second testicular cancer email? Uh, This is a different email. I mean, bananas. Yeah. Cray, cray. Here we go. Uh, 10 years ago, which has resulted in subsequent hormonal imbalance. Uh, thankfully, he's happily healthy otherwise. After extensive testing, IUI is off the table, but we had every reason to believe IVF would work as well. I'm 34 and have PCOS. With this condition, I knew that it might make take me slightly longer to get pregnant. However, I've always had regular periods. Uh... And my mom had three children who she also had COS. Uh, yes, we would really need IVF. My husband and I are both young and healthy, so I figured it was more a matter of time and money. First IVF doctor didn't seem to know much about PCOS besides the basics. After a devastating first round, that means 19 eggs, 15 mature uh, and fertilized, one blast assist, and it ended in a chemical pregnancy. Ugh, bummer. <sighs> first doctor wanted to jump into an immediate second round without making any changes to our protocol feeling hesitant we sought a second opinion found a wonderful doctor who helped us make changes fast forward six months i'd lost 30 pounds gone on low sugar high protein diet and have been taking meds primarily metformin to help modulate my blood glucose levels guys this is what i should be doing uh high fluctuations in glucose are associated with low egg quality um, especially in PCOS patients. So by managing it closely, doctor expected we would have a better embryo development. Fair theory. Uh, over the past six months, the medication has also made me feel incredibly ill, but it w- would be worth it if we could just have one successful cycle. Retrieval was last Wednesday. 21 eggs. 24 hours later, doctor telling us only six of the 21 were mature. Five had fertilized. I was devastated. 
We still have yet to learn if any made it to blast, but given the result in the last round, we have very limited optimism. Limited optimism should be what this podcast is called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have to say, five going off is, you know, for some people, an incredibly good result. Mm-hmm. So let's put it all into perspective here. Uh Praise me, my doctor praised me for the wonderful progress I made over six months. Said there isn't too much more to do from a traditional science perspective. Uh, Give her a lower protection. She said she could only offer an anecdotal recommendation that I go gluten and dairy free and continue on the metformin. That's it. I love that the doctor did admit that that is anecdotal. Totally. Uh, Add CoQ10 and try another round in a few months. Sat there on Thursday, somewhat catatonic. My retrieval wounds still fresh. Metaphorical? Who knows? Uh, watching the Ford uh, Kavanaugh testimony. Uh, turn off the news, everybody. Stop. Guys, let's just realize that everything sucks. Why bring it into your brain? Just acknowledge that things are going to go just as badly as you think. Anyway, back over here. So there's limited mention to the benefits of gluten-free dairy-free diets on infertility. And I think your doctor acknowledged that by saying anecdotal. So here's the question. Have any listeners with PCOS been through something like this? I've only found a handful of stories and none of them blissfully hopeful. Any thoughts or guidance you can provide would be meaningful. The bright side is that my husband has committed to take the healthy eating plunge with me. That'll make it a lot easier. So I'll be totally alone through the holidays. Still, for something that's going to suck this much, it would be helpful to hear some positive um, evidence to keep me going. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Okay, so that seems like it's the PCOS. uh, I'm going to call this the gluten signal has gone off. I feel like this has come up in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, this might be a thing to ask there. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, um, I also think it's time to take another quick break. I was just going to say that, but I wanted to just very briefly touch on that um, high-protein situation. Um, guys, guess what? Matt has ordered some meals. This is not even an ad. This is a separate thing because I don't even remember what meal thing I ordered. <laughs> but I've ordered pre- cooked lunch dinners are you gonna bring them to work that arrive on monday yeah um because i haven't been eating work lunch anyway uh and uh we'll see we'll see how that goes guys because like anonymous i too am trying to lose weight to be healthier not for egg production but I do eat eggs. Okay. Now it's time to hear from a sponsor. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, 
microphone now we're back we're back okay so what were you saying honey oh you're saving that email that's fine yeah okie dokie yeah. this is from uh sarah hi man dory first of all huge congrats <laughs> uh can be a source of hope for us back when this began my husband mentioned that a guy liked he liked on the nerdist podcast uh, had an IVF podcast with his wife. Maybe we should be helpful to listen to it. I was like, IVF, well, that's definitely not us. We just need some Clomid, and we'll be good to go. Every mm-hmm. every best intention starts with Clomid. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> fast forward a year later in a complete podcast binge, and here we are, apparently where I thought we would never be, sitting in a financial office at our clinic. Made a pretty good handle on what was discussed, thanks largely to the show. But I was, I think my poor husband was like in a Charlie Brown <laughs> cartoon where all he could hear was wop, 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 $20,000. <laughs> wop, 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 30, 40% success rate. Wop, 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 no insurance coverage. <laughs> Worst part is that technically there is no medical reason of why we would need IVF. My husband has amazing sperm and my drugs have been producing follicles and ovulating. Uh, for, but for some reason, it just isn't working. And after another failed IUI and the fact that I'm 38, our RE broached the IVF uh, conversation to increase our odds. We don't make a ton of money, but we have decent jobs, good credit, and some retirement savings. We also just bought a house last year and had plans for some updates and minor renovations. The reality of the situation is that the cost of IVF would be a serious blow to our financial stability, which we've worked hard to maintain. I totally get that, but at the same time, I feel like an investment in our family is completely worth it. My very practical husband admits that he's unsure about gambling our financial future on something that only has a 30 to 40% chance of working. His argument is that the worst case scenario, uh, we could end up swimming in debt and still not have a baby. That's, yeah, we're familiar. Uh, our best case scenario, we could work and we could have a baby, but have no money to actually pay for things like daycare. Uh-huh. So far, I am way on board with your husband. <laughs> uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir, and there are tons of couples who've done multiple rounds of IVF, making enormous sacrifices for the sake of their families, but what if you and your partner aren't exactly on the same page when it comes to IVF? How can I get my husband to see past the cost and shitty odds and focus on the optimistic hope of actually getting a baby? Thanks for the podcast. You guys are the best. Hmm. P.S. What time of year did Dory send her insurance coverage letter to HR? Open enrollment is coming up, so I'm guessing it's not the best time. It was actually right around now. Oh, there you go. It was actually right around now, Sarah. And I, too, was surprised that they changed the coverage as quickly as they did. There you go. All it takes is a, probably a couple clicks through their portal. Yeah. And the insurance has changed for every employee. Totally. Yeah. So. Ugh, I know. This is like the eternal tough question of IVF. Oh, is, is it worth it? <laughs> the, all the finance stuff. Because here's the problem. Like, it is very rarely just one round. Yeah. That's and so once true. you start doing it, at least this is what happened to us. Like, once you start doing it, you feel like, well, we should... Try one more time. I don't, honest to God, here's a question for Dory. If, when, before we started, they said to us, 
here you go. But just know that it's going to be five of these. And it's going to be $100,000 at two years of your life. Yeah, at least 100. We spent over 100. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say? I don't know. Exactly. Right? But then when I you're don't in it. No. But then when you're in it, it's yep. like, you know. And guys, if you're a fan of my uh, other stuff in life, you, you probably know that daddy likes a gambling. So. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's the whole thing of, you, 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 it's throwing bad, throwing good money after bad, right? Yep. So you just find yourself trying to dig out of the rut by what is, uh, what I think is the equivalent of bet- parlaying two WNBA games to a baseball over, which I did that the last time I was in Vegas. How'd it go? Not well. Oh. Although we nailed the WNBA bets. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just by looking at the odds and taking the biggest underdog, I was like, eh, whatever. It was like, pl- anyway, that's a, that's for my non-existent gambling podcast. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is it does not seem like a good idea right now to you or rather to your husband, which I get. But honestly, once you get him on board, he'll probably be on board yeah the other thing i would say is oh sorry i cut you off no 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 it's okay um you say you have good credit we we did a lot with zero percent balance transfers yeah um you could also look into taking out a home equity loan um they just bought their house so i don't know how much equity they have by this point yeah but who knows that's true um you know obviously you'll put off those minor renovations I think yeah, and anything you were looking to hire somebody. Oh, that's my pizza. I know. That's Dory's pizza. Dory's miniature Auntie Anne's organic frozen pizzas are ready. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mean to cut her off, but I heard the beeping, so I assumed she would be running for the pizza, which in fact she did do, guys. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is the fact that there is a that you do have to weigh the costs with the potential that maybe it doesn't work now that being said i you know everyone i've ever talked to who's gone through ivf um you know and so far including us has just has has told us that look it's the by the end of the day if you if it, if it works then you don't care what you spent yeah i mean yeah that's how i feel it's like we we did throw good money after bad. Yeah. We spent a lot more money than I ever thought we would. It took a lot longer than I ever thought it would. But, but uh, the beauty of it is that sh- at least you guys already have a house. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We're renting. Rent update. Are we here for two years? We haven't told him yet, but we're here for at least one year. Yeah. He seemed enthusiastic about keeping us. Dory got to finally talk to our landlord, Stu who seemed to have no problem with Bo trying to kill him from inside the house. Yeah, he didn't even mention it. We're not supposed to have dogs. He also said they're getting new gardeners because they want to spruce up the place. I was like, okay. Why do you want to spruce up the place for us? This is ridiculous. They keep trying to keep us here forever. It's like mind-numbing. I mean, we are at this point. We have not. We we're paying under we're market. We're paying under market. The neighborhood has gotten so much better. They just put in a fancy art gallery a block over. <laughs> like it's crazy, and 
when we were like, well, maybe we should move and we started looking at other houses, our rent twice, would double. It was going to be twice the money. So, you know, for once we made a financially prudent decision. Well, you know, the other thing we didn't even talk about, this is a weird light in the show to be discussing sort of updating things, but Go on. I spent yesterday cleaning out the shed, cataloging the guitars that are going to be going bye-bye. Yep. And uh, I listed three yesterday. Yeah. I sold three already. I, I, I was very touched and heartened that you came to this conclusion on your own. Uh, well, look, also uh, a little guilt. Uh, maybe I bought a guitar last week and I shouldn't have it all. So I was like, I got to get selling. So sold three. Going to list a, you know, there's 10 more to go. <laughs> so... I'm looking around right now going, oh boy, here we go. It's it's hard. Uh, emotionally, it's like uh, I spent a long time specifically seeking out these guitars. Um, and, uh, you know, I just got rid of, uh, I just sold a 70. If anyone is a guitar player out there, you are going to understand the words that are going to come out of my mouth. I just sold a 1972 left-handed Fender Coronado in an Antigua finish. I have only ever seen one, and it was the one that I bought. So it's uh, it took a while to find, but it's also like, you know, there is a thing of like, I'm not playing this enough to have it around. Right. So it's got to go because we need the space for child and mother. Because Matt and I are going to be sharing an office. <laughs> yeah. That'll be interesting. It's going to be a whole new wrinkle to this game <laughs> called life. Yep. Aye, aye, aye. I am. I. I. I am glad we're staying here. I do think it was financially the right move. Yeah, finally a financially prudent decision. Yeah. Out of this house. Like we were looking at these houses, and we were, and we were like, "Oh, this would be nice," and it was. They were so expensive, and then we, you know, to pay to move put down a security deposit like it, it would it would have been thousands and thousands of dollars to even just put up up front and then our rent every month would have been doubled and we were just like wait this is not a good idea <laughs> and quite frankly we have a lot of taxes to pay so yeah um honey i gotta say you were so right about putting the mini pizzas in the toaster change your world they are so much better if you have any more food questions <laughs> talk to matt myra uh okay this is from uh, uh aliza uh and here is the email dear matt and Dora, huge congratulations on the news uh and all the disclaimers that we must add to the congratulations uh right to provide your ivf listeners with a psa on the importance of repeating genetic testing if your partner or your if you or your partner's results are more than two years old well we had to do that we sort of expired. Oh, not the genetic thing we didn't do, but we did test the uh, embryo after it was baking for that reason. Sorry, it's just hard to well, do that, this podcast. That wouldn't my have... wife, who right now looks like she uh, is just about to enter grad school. What? You're like in leggings and a t-shirt <laughs> and you have a plate of <laughs> tiny bagel bites. <laughs> and it's the free t-shirt. <laughs> the leggings I wear every day. Yeah. Um, actually, honey, that is not totally correct. Um, for genetic diseases, they have to do PGD, not PGS. Okay. But because 
I think because we are not from the same background, mm -hmm. I am very confident that we don't have any of the same diseases, which is also part of the testing. Yeah. So we're not at all from the same background. I feel okay about it. Okay, so here we go. But this is why she's, this, uh, Elise is going to continue here. In 2014, I conceived my now daughter uh, through letrozole and IUI at a well-known New York City University clinic. Mm. Before we started treatments, my RE ran genetic tests through uh, recom recombine, recombine, to see if I was a carrier for anything noteworthy, my results are summarized in one sentence. You did not test positively for any mutations of SAID. Uh, we were not advised to test my husband at the time since my test didn't reveal anything of interest. It seems like an odd move. Fast forward to 2017. I was a patient at a different NYC clinic and they asked for my RE if I should retake the genetic test because I had heard that labs now test for more diseases. He poo-pooed the need. There's really nothing on there that would apply to you. In retrospect, that was a weird answer. <laughs> it's a weird answer. Uh, after several failed letrozole IUIs in 2017, we switched cl uh, clinics in 2018. My new RE advised to take the genetic test, saying they're more comprehensive now. Uh, they sequence the entire gene rather than merely looking for known mutations. Okay, so I took the test, waited for the results. My RE's encouragement started the IVF stims for my furry first cycle midway through the stims. My RE called to let me know that I carried a mutation for Wilson's disease. The disease has to do with the inability to absorb dietary copper. Huh. Oh, Wilson. It can lead to all sorts of brain damage and issues of motor skills and are extremely rare, and most doctors find it hard to identify until it has wreaked its havoc. Looked up my genetic report in 2014 and saw that I did indeed test for Wilson's, but only specific mutations. Oh, interesting. Lucky me, technology marched on since then, and my mutation for Wilson's is among the more recent bunch discovered. Anyway, since Wilson's disease is autosomal recessive, both my parents must carry a genetic mutation for it to risk uh, the offspring. So just to be safe, my husband got tested. Uh, never ever imagining that on the morning of my retrieval, like on a gurney and or shower cap, IV, my Ari would come in and tell us that my husband's test result came in at midnight last night and he is a carrier for Wilson's also. Oh my God. This was distressing on several fronts. <laughs> the timing, uh, obviously really not great. Oh, I don't know what you would have done if you were like ready to go in there and that happened to us. She would have probably, honestly, like, remember when that guy is strapping Sarah Connor to the bed in Terminator, you know, because she had, she's in the mental hospital, and then she, like, kicks the crap out of him and, and breaks out? That's what Dory would have done. <laughs> um, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm catching back up to where it was. The timing is obviously not great. What about our toddler? Does she have it? Uh, what now with the other embryos? So much for being Zen pre-retrieval. We froze three embryos that remained on day six uh, for PGD and no longer and a longer process than PGS. We immediately swabbed my daughter. After two harrowing weeks, we got the results. We were very relieved to find out not only does she not have the disease, but she does not, she's not even a carrier of either of our mutations. Oh. Hugged her extra hard that night. Just want to encourage listeners that if you have been going through treatments 
on the orders uh, of years you should retest i am 100 percent ashkenazi she beat you honey by 0.2 percent and and is my husband as is my husband maybe wow as is that's what i meant to say um by the way guys of course your carriers for weird shit you're both 100 percent ashkenazi thanks honey get out of the tribe guys come to matt town where everything's cool and as I recall, you we were eat bacon. you were a carrier for something as well. Yeah, something awesome, probably like big brain disease, <laughs> where your brain's so big uh, and your jokes are so cool. Aliza, I'm a carrier for two Ashkenazi diseases, or they're not Ashkenazi diseases, but they're more prevalent in the Ashkenazi population. So I feel you, and don't listen to my dumb husband. It's <laughs> so true. Uh, after a million shots, what's another pinprick? Aliza. It's pronounced Aliza. Just ask Dory since it's Hebrew. This is from Megan. Hi, guys. Had to pause the podcast after you read Janet's email, just not because I was weeping. Well, our podcast can do that sometimes. Because I identified uh, with so much with Janet and her email. I always wanted children. That didn't stop at 20 when I met my wife. Uh, It didn't stop at 23 when we got married. Uh, God bless Canada and the legality of my marriage. Mazel. And surely didn't stop at 25 when we started seeing our fertility... Uh, seeing a fertility clinic to have a baby. We are three years post-baby birth and have an incredible baby boy named Lincoln. Oh, I like that name. Not enough, though. Uh, We are so lucky. (laughs) We are also still so angry. Now that we're safely on the other side, all the things people said sink in and you realize just how fucking stupid everyone is. And here's a quote. I have a gay friend. Maybe you should meet up and make some babies. That's confusing to me. What do they mean by that? Like, oh, like, I know. oh you're a lesbian. I, I know a gay man who yeah. can like give you some sperm. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just meet someone at a... Bo- <laughs> this is crazy. Have you considered adoption? Honey, we heard that. Sorry. Yeah. That was involuntary. I know. Your body's making all kinds of new noises. Uh, maybe babies just aren't in God's plan. Oh, dear. God doesn't have time to plan, guys. Uh, to this day, all these things make my blood boil. Uh, these are, for the most part, not things people say to straight people, although the last two are pretty universal. Yeah. Yeah, but for straight people, it's like, what's taking you so long? <laughs> You're in the same house. Get a baby. Um, the intersection of queerness and infertility is a difficult one to navigate. Yes, we knew we would need fertility treatments, but we didn't know it would take us four years and $45,000 to get pregnant because of my wife uh, having PCOS. We Aye. didn't know we would resent every straight couple that got knocked up because the man didn't pull out quick enough. Oh, what a dream. That's the dream, everybody. Or the people who are like, my husband just looks at me and I get pregnant. Mm, ugh. <laughs> Uh, we didn't know the sheer fear we would feel when we finally got pregnant because we half expected it to end. Well, that's what we are currently in the middle of. Uh, we dealt with many things. So isolated for so long because of our queerness. No one understood. No one even tried. Everyone thought they knew better and everyone thought we knew what we were getting into. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we did not. But now we are on the other side and all we can do is make people aware. My wife and I both speak candidly and fiercely. But having a baby as a same-sex couple and how much it fucking sucked. 
Uh, but really, who's the actual second parent? <laughs> that's a quote. That's, that's someone is. Uh, our labor nurse and delivery nurse both said that she and I did not get along. That's cuckoo well. bananas. <laughs> we just try to make people realize how much of an impact their words have because most of those statements came from our families and they cut deep. Uh, this is way longer than it meant to be. Still not even close to the longest email of the day. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to let you to show solidarity to Janet and let her know there are queer people on the other side who know what you're going through and we are rooting for you. All the best, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Megan, we appreciate it. We try to, you know, be as aware of all sides of this IVF thing as possible. So if you're ever feeling like you're underrepresented on the show and you're like, hey, you know, I haven't really heard my story reflected on the show, please email us. Holler at us. Let us know your story. That's what we're here for, to share the stories of others. Is there any way about what else, what is next? Uh, what? What do you mean? There's more emails. Oh, um, okay. Let me just play this voicemail. Okay. Remember last week we heard from the guy who you were like, this is me. Yes, me. Did me call? No. Oh, son of a bitch. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Naomi from Chattanooga. I am calling in response. I had to pause the podcast this morning in response to the voicemail from the person who asked, how do I adult? I'm not Maybe even going to pretend to say that I'm different at it because nobody is. Um, but I've tried several different things over the last about five years that I've been out on my own trying to adult. Um, yeah, with working out and therapy and eating tasty food that I cook. Um, so the first thing is really planning. Planning is key. If you do not plan, you will be getting takeout. You will be tired. Shit just will not work out. Um, and I struggle with this. I think everybody who says, oh, I meal plan, oh, I do this, we all struggle with it. We all fucking struggle with it. There, there is no perfection, and some weeks are better than others. True. But what has really worked for me is getting in a very good workout routine. Um, this is another one of those if resources permit. Um, but I work with a trainer, but I work with her online. Like, she, I pay her so much per month. She sends me workouts. I go do them. And she's available oh, that's on the phone over text. So, like, that's kind of built-in accountability and some knowledge there. Um, that lets me be in a very good workout routine without having to, like, see a trainer every day. Um, I kind of do the same online model for therapy. Um, I started working with someone through Talkspace, and then she went off on her own, and we use a different app. But that way I'm not going to appointments, but I'm interacting with her on a daily basis, which is really awesome, and I can do it on my own schedule. But the big thing has been with meal planning. Um, I belong to a service that sends me recipes not food. Um, I don't like meal kits. I have some dietary things. Meal kits make that really difficult, although you can go on a lot of the meal kit websites and get their recipes. Um, but I find I cook one night a week if I can or at least get all my prep done on one night. Hmm. I'm usually out and about on the weekend, so that's usually Monday. Um, yeah. Monday's your prep day. And, you know, if I have food in the refrigerator made ahead on one night, then everything is, like, ten times better during the week because I don't have to worry about that. And I don't think I mentioned it with working out, but I work out every morning. 
um, or at least I'm getting up at the same time every morning. I used to, like, go to the gym before work three days a week and then sleep in the other two days. Bad idea. Since I've been going to the gym every day, I wake up at 5.30 every day, and it works out super well. Sleeping, I try. Um, I don't function well if I don't get any sleep, so I just have to make it a priority. Hope some of these tips help, and happy adulting. Thank you for those tips. Thank you. I think even though she wasn't responding um, directly to that guy's email, some of her tips are applicable. I, what is? What do you think Bo's barking at right now? What would you? What, what's your guess? What's your best guess? Amazon package delivery on a Sunday. They deliver on Sundays. Ugh, Amazon. Thank Did God. you order something from Amazon? Not recently. Me neither. Could it be a subscriber? Oh, it could save? be. It could be a person food? leaving something on the door. Oh yeah, door ta- door, door hanger. Door hanger. Interesting. That's, those are my two theories. Um, so to that point, to the point of that voicemail, back to the thing, I, that's why I ordered these pre-prepped meals. Right. Just trying to make things I'm just trying easier. to make my life a little easier and make a concerted effort because I've been going to the gym for a long time now, you know, since March was when you told me to start going or cancel it. Wasn't that it? <laughs> yep. Um, so, and, and, and I haven't really seen the changes that I'd like to be seeing. Uh, so I, I, and I just have yet to have a perfect week of eating while I've been working since March because I'm uh, a weak, uh, lazy person. So here we are. We're gonna, I'm trying something else. God, it's endless. I know this is a long podcast, but this email is very much on theme. So I'm going to condense it and we can we can address oh, it. Oh, it's okay. Andy can't make one o'clock, so... Oh, I'm so surprised. I, so we were, we're going to push the recording <laughs> to three o'clock, you know, because... So that'll be five o'clock? It's, it's the classic secunda. <laughs> Don't make a plan if you can't mm. make a plan. Um, all right. So this is from Pam. The secret with Andy is if you really want to do it at three, you tell him you want to do it at one. That's brilliant. I, that's is that what of, you did? Kind of what I did. By that's amazing. <laughs> Um, I knew if it was three, it was going to be five. And I don't totally. want to do it that late. Okay. So Pam, Love you, Andy. Pam has a three-month-old. My husband is a big guy. He struggled, struggled with his weight his entire life. I'm right here. He was diagnosed with diabetes three years ago. When he was first diagnosed, he made great efforts to exercise and watched his carbs and was able to get his sugar levels under control. Mm-hmm. But I noticed around the time I found out I was pregnant, he fell off the wagon. He had cravings throughout my pregnancy, and I noticed he was reverting back to his old eating habits. I weirdly also had cravings throughout Dory's pregnancy. I mean, more it's like the cereals in the house, and now I'm like, fuck, cereal's the best. Why'd I stop eating cereal? Don't get too used to it, because I think as soon as the second trimester hits, I'm, cereal's going to be gone. I'm, I'm, my plan is to stop eating cereal now. Okay. I had an appointment with my midwife when I was around 30 weeks pregnant, and he had a follow-up with his doc the same day, so we just went to each other's appointments. I was so sad to hear his sugar was basically through the roof again. He uh, said he'd get it under control, but then the baby came a few weeks later and we were in survival mode, basically eating out every day. Uh, now that things are more settled, I've been thinking about his eating habits a lot. I buy healthy food and cook at home as much as I can, but he eats out for lunch and honestly, I can't make his eating choices for him. Right, Girl, I feel you. Now that we have a baby, I think about his relationship with food, how it will affect his quality of life and how slash if it will affect our daughter's eating habits. I'm not sure how to bring up the subject with him without seeming insensitive or condescending. 
Whenever we talk about it, it's kind of a I know what I have to do conversation. I'm hoping having someone to set an example for will make it easier to make good choices, but I don't even know how to bring it up as I can be kind of blunt sometimes. Mm-hmm. Matt. Yeah. You've always been super open about your struggles with your weight and healthy eating. Yeah. Have you thought about how having a child will factor in your struggle? Yes. Do you have any tips for me on how to touch the subject with my husband? I don't want him to feel like I'm one more person on his ass about his health, but I also want him to understand that his health impacts all of us now. Any insight is greatly appreciated. I mean, he's got to want it. That's really the, that's the tough part, right? You can say you want it and you can act like you want it, but you're not actually going to do it unless you really want to be doing it. And the hardest thing is starting, you know, the hardest thing for me is always to like, I, I, I'll, I'll start the day and I'll be like, today's a good, today's going to be a good eating day. And it'll be one tiny thing that I have that is not on my good eating day plan that will then make me go, well, today's a loss. And then I kind of get more careless throughout the day with what I'm eating. So that's always been the big struggle for me. Um, you know, there were periods of time where it was very easy. Uh, there were other periods of time where it's been the hardest thing in the world to do is to eat like a normal uh, person who's trying to lose weight. That's what I mean. Um, so it, it's tough. It's tough. I, I my I honest my plan. God willing, I, I I would not want my kid to have the same relationship with food that I do because I just know what a miserable time it has been for me in life. Um, and I, you know, I want the kid to have a good relationship and not think of it as like reward failure, like just like just fucking just eat because you are hungry and you know if you want like a cupcake every once in a while, I have a cup. It's like you know that's just like. But for me, it's very difficult and long and, and, and convoluted. And it feels uh, honestly impossible some of the time. Like training at the gym, I can do. But eating like a normal person wanting to lose weight, I find to be a very uh, difficult task. Uh, mostly because there is no accountability. Yes, I do step on a scale every week at the gym. But that is more of like a muscle density situation. And I'm not losing weight, but I'm putting on muscle and... It's a little annoying, and I, you know, I'll watch. Like yesterday, I loaded nine thousand photos into my computer that had been on my iPhone since two thousand fourteen or sixteen. I think was the last time I had imported anything, and uh, there was a lot of photos of my feet on scales in there. And it's just it's interesting to me how back and forth it's been, and trying to pinpoint when it went off the rails. And the you know the little glimpses of success and and the failure and it's a it's a big up and down and I think that the accountability like to be going it's much easier if you're going to do it together you know you might not have to do it you're also nursing so maybe you're nursing I don't know but like it just it just get each other's back and 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 be in it together and don't sort of present it to him as like you need to do this uh but just have the conversation about like you know i mean it sounds crazy but even if you were like you know i think i'm gonna try to go 
Whole thirty for the month. Do you, would you want to try that again? This is also fucking impossible having a newborn. So that is a whole other layer of hardness to the whole thing. But you know, I know for me, it's always accountability is my best success. My best recipe for success is accountability. You know, I can see the scale and the number drop and. Sometimes it's less of a motivator and more of like a, well, then I could just eat a little bit more, you know, so it's hard. I mean, it's a very complicated relationship, me and my foods. As you have probably, if you've been listening to me on podcasts, you've probably heard this for, I've been podcasting for over 10 years. That's so long. My, the first time I was on a podcast Here's the crazy thing. The first time I was on a podcast, I was 24 years old. Whoa. So. And now you're 35. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of me out there. Too much of me. This kid is going to have the best time writing a memoir about his dad. Um, all right. We just have uh, two more quick emails. Um, one from Carrie. She has a serious question that I think most people are wondering. How much is parking at your new gyno? I know you were not happy <laughs> about parking costs at your RE. I'm worried about your mental health now that your gyno sounds like it's located in a very ritzy area. It is a ritzy area. And Dory went to the lot that doesn't cost money. Is that yeah, correct? So, so here is a great thing about Beverly Hills they have all of these public parking lots that give you two hours of free parking. It's great. They're and they're like fine. all over. So if you're in Beverly Hills, there's no reason to park at a private parking lot. Which I did because I don't know from Beverly Hills. Like right. I rarely am in there. But now you know. Because the only place I would ever go is the Brooks Brothers, which has a little tiny parking lot. Mm. And I would usually be one of the cars that fits in their free little parking lot. So as it happened, we were at the doctor for more than two hours. <laughs> Yeah. But it was only three bucks. So. Yeah. And I parked in the valet and I don't, and they validated. For like 30% off or something. Yeah. 40. I don't remember. I don't remember what I paid. Okay. But, but next time you can like park in the public. Probably. Lot. It was probably around $10. Right. Um, okay. And Evelyn. Evelyn. From Alaska. From Alaska. Has an update. Back. To answer Matt's question, bears are not an immediate concern where I live. Well, you read Wait, this. Wait, did I read this last week? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Or did you read it out loud just to me? No, I think I did read this last week. My mistake. Um, Jenny just wanted to send a quick note to say, you've ruined the term strike zone for me. I'm trying to be serious as I watch my cubbies try to win the wild card game. Oh, so sorry. So, so sorry. But I can't stop giggling whenever someone gets greedy in the strike zone or aggressive in the strike zone. (laughs) This guy just said the strike zone was a tight box and I just can't even. Yeah. Anyway, love you guys and I'll be listening as long as you keep going. Have a great day. I like to say you just got to be aggressive and pound the strike zone. Well. That does it for today. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, And just a reminder that you can support us on Patreon and get up to two bonus episodes per month. And it's also just nice to know that we have supporters. You can do that at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you will get your name read on the podcast each month. And you also get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us there. And there's a lot of them now. Thank you all. T- thank you to all of our new supporters. You'll get your names read on next month's episode. 
Sodes. Here's the list. <laughs> Sodes. I'm going to do it as quickly as I can. Oh, here she goes. Dory's going to read the <clears> names, <throat> everybody. Diane M. Martin, Nora Grasham, Angie James, Caroline Land, Frederick Roy, Greg Watchorn, Hannah Crowder, Judy, Judy, Layla Arshid, Lauren Gleason, Melody Baltazar, Tara McElfrish, Tyler Rosewood, Valerie Anderson, Don Hafner, Karen Thikershi, uh, Stephanie Hetherington, Abba N., Alan L., Alec Meredith and Fletcher Babel, Alex Bell, Allison Dean, Alyssa Stokes, Allie Moran, Amanda Lady, Amy, Amy Giles, Amy Griffin, Amy Sharon, Andrea McCarroll, Andy Pavlik, Angel Rivera III, Anne Real, Anon E. Mouse, <laughs> uh, April Cherry, Ariana Perry, Arthur Finney, Ashley Cicel Lee, Ashley Miller, Audrey Watson, Aurora and Zelda Science Twins, Becca Foster, Ben, a PhD, Brett Jarrett, Bruno Macias, CJ, Carly Moore, Caroline Goodwin, Carolyn N., Carrie Smith, Kathy Hill, Chelsea Rosger, Chinami Worth, Chris Dibel, Christina Turner, Christine M., Christy Mags, Christy Stultz, Claire Schwartz, Dana Caldwell, Danielle Kohler, Daphne Powers, Darlene Estramera, Desiree Stanley, Diana, Edwina Goodingham, and Eleanor Powell. Thank you all so very much. Eleanor G, I think you're swell. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, I wonder if I could edit that in to match my vocal. We will, uh, chances uh, are I'm not going to go through that effort. We'll talk to you all next week. Yeah, um, and also fucking come to san francisco oh, yeah, come to san francisco please we need friendly faces in the audience i need at least one friendly face so uh, even if you're a stranger smile yeah um but yeah wire 25 50 for the day pass dory's stomach is doing some wild things right now and uh, if you want to be a part of that hopefully she won't be super nauseous during the live podcast but anything could happen she oh, might God. have a barf bag on stage <laughs> I Tune should. in. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone. Go with the 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 go with the